Float? The clown's grin widened. Oh, yes, indeed they do. They float. And there's cotton candy. George reached. The clown seized his arm. And George saw the clown's face change. What he saw then was terrible enough to make his worst imaginings of the thing in the cellar look like sweet dreams. What he saw destroyed his sanity in one clawing stroke. They float. Hey, gays and ghouls. I'm Sean Reedy. And I'm Katie Toole. And this is Friday Night Frights. A podcast about teenage werewolves, showerheads, and nothing gay at all. Not even a little bit. Nope. No. Not around here. Not in these parts. Mm-mm. No, no. You mean there were themes of discrimination against LGBT people in this book? Ugh. No, there weren't. The audacity. What are you talking the about? The audacity of that mindset. Richie Tozer is the straightest guy you know. Absolutely. There was not a single hate crime performed in this book. <laughs> not at all. Not a man was thrown from a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it. it. The book about it. <laughs> it's pleasant. It's joyful. It. <laughs> No, no. Of course we are talking about it, because it is extravaganza. Yep. The final chapter, (laughs) which isn't the final chapter, because that's always a lie, as we know. Oh, yeah. This was actually the first chapter. Yeah. Yep. The 1990 miniseries, Mm -hmm. officially called Stephen King's It. Yes, absolutely. As it was written by him. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... They did it. Just well, in case you didn't know. Well, I Stephen King was a big name. Stephen King's obviously a big name, but like Stephen King was a very, in very big name. In 1990? Oh, yeah. There wasn't a bigger name. Yes. That's true. Mm-hmm. It was clever marketing to make sure that people knew this was a Stephen King story. Yes. Like this was back when there was a Stephen King book being adapted to film or television once a year. Yep. If not mm-hmm. more. In fact, this came out, what, a year after Salem's Lot? Yep. I believe so. Mm-hmm. And it should be said... And Sean and I noted this to each other before we started recording, that when I was a child, this felt so goddamn long. Yes, it did. It's only about 15 minutes longer than It Chapter 2. Yep. So It Chapter 2 is as long as this, almost as long as this entire miniseries is. (laughs) Now, mind you... The miniseries was only two episodes. Oh, right. Right. But it was two feature-length episodes. Yes. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. it was a big deal. (laughs) Originally, so A, I read that originally Romero Uh wanted to adapt this. And it is one of the great injustices of our world that he didn't. It will never have it. We will never have it. By Romero. We will never have George Romero's Ugh. it. Which is just so sad. Secondly, it was originally supposed to be like a 10-part miniseries. Yes, not a And somehow it got whittled down to two parts, uh-huh. which is hilarious. Which I'm like, okay, in a, in, a, in a way, I can understand that. 
I mean, a 10-part miniseries is a huge fucking miniseries. That's a huge miniseries. Especially in the 90s. Like, okay, back... For all you youngins who don't remember a time before streaming. Right. Like, that would have meant that the show was on for almost three months. Uh Uh-huh. Because it would have been an episode per week. Yep. Or, like, I guess sometimes... I, I do think that, like, some really big, really hyped miniseries... Like, I think Root... (laughs) <laughs> why why did i do that what just happened to me just one root just one. <laughs> oh man oh, it's just the one root i'm leaving that in um roots plural I believe that those episodes aired every night for like however many days. Right. Well, and I I know like this one was over the course of, I think like three days. Like I think, and I think the only reason that it was is because I think day one got interrupted. So they think they re-aired it the next day and then. Really? I think. think. Because it was interrupted by uh, some transmission with George Bush Sr. Right. Yeah. About something. Desert Storm? Maybe. Maybe. Was that in the 90s? I don't know. I wasn't alive. <laughs> you weren't alive. Holy shit. You was, weren't alive. I was a thought. I was a thought when this movie came out. <laughs> I was a thought. <laughs> they were like, mm. <laughs> Maybe a Sean? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a Sean. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Sean. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> they watched this movie and they're like, we should make that. <laughs> We should just make, let's do Pennywise, but as a, as a baby. <laughs> now it popped me. <laughs> I'm sure that's what they were thinking. That's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the, the 90s in general, like, so the thing with this miniseries is that there were a lot of potential situations where it wasn't going to end up being made true and i'm really like thankfully there were people that were in the entertainment business that were like hey like you know how like twin peaks just happened you know how it was great how it premiered and it was one of the biggest shows ever mm-hmm. yeah like so maybe we can we can expand on that twin peaks and the drama and mystery and thriller aspects so I'm glad that they like Twin Peaks was a huge reason why this movie, this miniseries was made. Right, mm-hmm. right, because it does it does give like there are sequences in this one mm-hmm. that are downright Lynchian. Yes, like you can you can feel the influence for mm-hmm. sure. Well, and this miniseries is very much more in the. I would all I would more so classify it as a drama than a horror movie in comparison to the the movies that are from the 2017 and 2019. Right. It's still definitely a horror movie, mm-hmm. but it is more it is more heavily drama focused than horror focused, I feel like. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I mean the the scares are kind of few and far between. Yes. For sure. Whereas like in the new ones it's like it's every, constant every yeah, second a barrage of... <laughs> now another big thing with this movie this miniseries is that 
the flow is completely different in comparison to the movies. Yes. Major, major difference. Much closer to the book. Yes. In terms of structure, Mm -hmm. right? Because the structure in the book, the narrative, um, which I haven't finished, by the way, full disclosure, but (laughs) it's a big ass book. Um, the narrative bounces between the past and the present. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas the new movies split those into two completely separate. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to take all the kid portion and put it together. We're going to take all the adult, adult portion, throw in a few flashbacks, but mostly, mostly this is, this one's about the adults. Yeah. Right. Whereas this, it really does bounce back and forth mm-hmm. much more traditional, Obviously, because it was 1990, much more traditional, like, treatment of flashbacks where, like, you know, right. the there's, like, the slow fade on the person's face and the yep. scene happens, right? Mm-hmm. Again, I thought that the uh, flashbacks in It Chapter 2 were very elegantly done, specifically yes. because they they eschewed that that tradition mm-hmm. of the, like, Yes. <laughs> well, and, uh, and I just wanted to... Uh, bounce back to something that I had mentioned, I think more so specifically in chapter one, Uh um, about the flow feeling very segmented and very like, almost like a color by number. Right. Like here's the thing that happened and here's the thing that happened and then here's the thing that happened. And I think the reason that it feels that way, and I didn't think about it until I was rewatching this is because of the fact that they, they did take the childhood Right. I mean, they are they are sort of cherry picking out and then squishing them all together. Yes. Yeah. For sure. So I'm like, it it makes sense that it felt that way, and Mm -hmm. that's exactly why. Right. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that's that's fair enough. So just wanted I just wanted to point that out because I was like, I felt like I was kind of heavily shit talking the first one in that aspect at least, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh well, okay, that's it makes sense. Right. (laughs) Funny. Sorry. This I just something that I just noticed. It's like they. They did, re- like, if, I, if I'm if i really looking and really, I, I might, I'm probably just looking for it. But there are really, really, really small subtleties that are, like, hinting at, like, Rich, uh, Richie being gay. Mm-hmm. Like, Beverly just greeted all of them and she kissed two people. Mm-hmm. And it was Bill and Richie. Right. Yeah, I mean, she obviously, like, didn't didn't think that he would get the wrong idea. Right. Right. I guess I can <clears> see that. But. And she knew exactly what kind of idea Bill had. <laughs> it's much more, much more subsumed. Yes. <laughs> in this, yeah. if, if, like, you really had to be looking for it. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the waitresses at this Chinese restaurant are like, um... Do you want to sit down or like several of you have fainted? Is everything okay? <laughs> like ambulance needs to be called. <laughs> right. And... Like, can we, can we take you home? Um, where was I? Or do you want some soup? Like, I'm very confused. <laughs> or do you want some soup? <laughs> Am I going to get you some wonton soup? Like, wonton? Egg drop? Egg drop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Where were we? What were we talking about? <laughs> Oh, okay. And I know I'm still going on tangent. I'm sorry. Just because we haven't, we haven't segued back. So I'm going to continue Okay, real quick. There is a moment in this scene and it's once there, it's in, it's going to be in a brief second. And it's when Richie's playing with the fucking fish head. Okay. We're still in the beginning. So this scene is the scene in the Chinese restaurant. Yes. Just, yeah. This is not a watch along, but you know, we're always watching. 
So what he's talking about right now is the scene in the Chinese restaurant. Okay, continue. Yes. <laughs> and Richie, like, picks up the fish head and is, like, playing with it. Mm-hmm. And everyone's laughing along. And then there's one of the, the, there's the waitress that's standing there just deadpan staring at him. And I'm like, I've never seen a woman more in, in this scene in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> See? Eh, eh, eh. And... Deadpan. <laughs> She's like, I don't see how this is funny. She's like, these fucking white people. Yes. <laughs> and that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Who for some reason hangs out with them. Yes. But we will get into all that. But first, it is Shocktail Hour. Tonight, Shocktail is called the Pennywise. Mm-hmm. It's called the Pennywise because the best part of this mo- miniseries. The best part of this miniseries, which we actually haven't mentioned yet, which is crazy. We haven't. I don't think we've mentioned it at all. Nope. Is Tim Curry's iconic, Mm -hmm. iconic portrayal of Pennywise in this film. Absolutely. Like I saw, I saw an article about this that was like, given, like given a better movie, like Tim Curry's performance would have gone down as one of the great villains of horror movie history. And I was like, it did. Yeah. Where have you been? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what world you're living in, but yeah. the world where I'm living is that like every kid had nightmares about Tim Curry's it. Yes. And like, cause he's he, fucking terrifying. He is still what you think of when you think of Pennywise, the clown. Yep. Even after the success of the recent movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, we'll get in all that. The Pennywise. <laughs> Bouncing all over the place. Um, the Pennywise consists of an ounce of vodka, half an ounce of control, an ounce of black grape juice. I don't know what makes black. <laughs> grape juice. It yeah. really, any grape juice you want. Yeah. Uh, and then you top it off with Prosecco. And add a squeeze of lime. Mm-hmm. Refreshing, crisp, deadly. <laughs> I added the squeeze of lime just now. <laughs> I just made that decision. Live on the air, folks. This is my process. And a squeeze of citrus. <laughs> for Katie. <laughs> During the episode. Mm-hmm. Stephen King's It begins not with the death of George Denver. <laughs> no, no. Why would we start there? Why would we start there? No. Why would we even start with, I don't know. I hate crime. I hate crime. Hmm. So, again, I haven't finished the book, but I know enough to know that one of the major undercurrents in the book is how bigoted small towns are. Mm-hmm. Right, and King expresses that through the racism leveled at Mike's character. At Mike, not Mike's character. Mike is the character. Mike, <laughs> and also and his character and his character. <laughs> but no, um, while this doesn't entirely whitewash the racism. No, in fact, they decided to use the N-word multiple times in this ABC premiered family show, show, (laughs) folks. 
Ugh, I'll get into that later. But despite that, did tone it down in that they, they don't talk about the sort of long history of it. Right. Right? Like, mm-hmm. they don't talk about the black spot. They don't talk about, right. you know, the... Um, the sort of consistent mm-hmm. racism. Mm. And then also discrimination against queer people. Mm-hmm. Evidenced by the fact that the modern day signal that Pennywise has arrived is that he kills a gay man who was just thrown off a goddamn bridge by a couple of punks mm-hmm. for daring to be gay in public, basically. Mm-hmm. They decided not to go that route. No, oh, no. Because it was 1990. Mm-hmm. And in 1990... They're like, how dare you be gay in public? <laughs> <laughs> in 1990, they were probably worried a few people would probably would like get ideas yeah. <laughs> about throwing a gay man off a bridge. Uh, not yeah. a good thing. So instead... And again, instead of opening with Georgie, <laughs> they throw in a, a random, like, four-year-old girl mm-hmm. who gets eaten by Pennywise named Lori Ann. <laughs> so, and as he is, right, in It Chapter 2, Mike Hanlon is there at the scene, mm-hmm. right? And he is talking to the police and he's like, there's been like six child murders. And of course, again, because it was 1990, the cop was like, the cop who looks like something out of a, like, um, Philip K. Dick novel. Like right. he's just like Humphrey Bogarting it up. Mm-hmm. Did um, someone dial M for murder? <laughs> <laughs> he's got like the fedora on, but like crooked. Yeah, I mean, it's, right. this guy is going like whole him. hog yeah. into this. <laughs> It's raining. It is constantly raining in this movie while the sun is out. (laughs) (laughs) Which is great because, like, I don't even know why. Like, I don't know why. Like, why? (laughs) The only thing I could think of is that they were filming outside and they had a rain machine. Right. But it was sunny. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well. It's fine. No one's going to (laughs) notice. No. Rain happens during the sun all the time. (laughs) This is how this works. This is how nature works. Yeah. People. Mm-hmm. It does happen. Just not that often, folks. <laughs> but again, because it was 1990, he was like, they're just running away. And Mike's like, they're seven. <laughs> One of them was four. This girl's literally dead in her own yard. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean running away? She can't run. She's, She's dead. dead. <laughs> what else do you need? <laughs> He's like, no, they're just gone. <laughs> like, no. Oh, okay. That's why Pennywise is still in this town. That's why he picked here, because y'all are a bunch of, idi- of idiots. Yeah. Got it. The worst. The worst. <laughs> At least law enforcement do, like, appear in this film. That's true. They, Which they don't in the other version. Like, at all. No, you, well, you have, uh, you have Henry Bowers' dad. And that's literally That's it. true. That's true. But so he doesn't the... do any law enforcing. He just sort of like walks around yeah. in a uniform. Mm-hmm. There's no investigation. <laughs> no. No, no, no. No, no. Such thing as an investigation in that time. <laughs> as he does in every version, he starts to call the rest of the Losers Club. 
Right. And remember that they they do bounce back and forth. So we actually start in the modern day. Yes. Mm-hmm. And not with the death of Georgie. Like, I had forgotten that. And I was like, how can you not? Right. Why would you not? Like, the, the sheer cojones it took for King to open his novel, his 1,200-page fucking opus, mm-hmm. with the death of a six-year-old boy... And you don't open with that? Like... Hello? Hello? <laughs> anyway. Um, he calls Bill, right? Mm-hmm. Who is a writer who's doing a movie, just like in, just like in the, the modern version. He is married to Olivia Hussey mm-hmm. in this one, um, who plays a much bigger role than his wife does. Again, closer to the book. Right. But... You know, she's only in like one scene in mm-hmm. the in the new ones. Um, Olivia Hussey, if you will remember, was our final girl in Black Christmas. She sure was. Right. Great. She's back by back again. Mm-hmm. Um, so he calls Bill. Bill's like, I gotta go. And she's like, what the fuck do you mean? You gotta go. We're making a movie. And he's like, no, it's fine. And off he goes. Then he calls Eddie, who is not married to a woman who is just like his mother. Right. Which is different from the book. Mm-hmm. Like, the new movies was closer to the book in that regard. In that aspect, yes. Right. Um, but is literally just still living with his mother. Mm-hmm. Who did not age in 27 years because she looked like she was 70 in 1960. Yes, she's oh, like, but I'm it's not twenty-seven years. Oh, we should we should say that because that's a pretty like major difference, right? Like, the first part of this takes place in nineteen sixty. The second part takes place in nineteen ninety. Like, they extended oh, yeah. it to thirty years. Yeah, for some reason. I, I mean, I guess there there's no like there's no particular reason why it was twenty-seven years in the first place. <laughs> like, just just because <laughs> Stephen King was like twenty-seven years, sure. Um. Bill, after he speaks to Mike, has a flashback, at which point we see Georgie's death. Yes. Which is fine, but we've already seen Pennywise. Right. Like, just for a second. Right, and all you see is him smiling one second, and then frowning, like, being angry the next. Right, he doesn't go into, like, monster mode. Right. The way that he does, you know, when he has Georgie. But George, we were talking about this in like the, they had the kid styled like a male Shirley Temple. Like he yes. even got the dimples, the kid who's playing him. The kid who is playing Bill. Okay, I'm sorry. I need to bring this up because I was obsessed with this movie as a kid. Oh yeah. And there's like, it wasn't good. Oh, so no. I don't know why. But, and you probably think I'm talking about the never ending story too. I'm not. Hold on. I'm going to need to IMDb this shit because I don't remember who else was in it. When I started watching this, again, I hadn't, I literally had not watched this since I was a child, this Mm -hmm. version of it. And when I started watching it, I first saw Bill. I was like, that boy's face. Oh, he's, yeah. seared into my brain for some reason. So I had to go and find out why. So there was a film. It actually came out when he was a little bit older, in 1992, that Jonathan Brandis, who is this boy's name, was in with Rodney Dangerfield. 
of all people. I was also slightly obsessed with any movie starring Rodney Dangerfield, which was like a deeply weird thing for a little girl to be obsessed with. Like, I'm a little weirded out and... Katie, you know me. <laughs> it's weird, right? Like, I watched Caddyshack. I watched Back to School. I watched... I don't know. I mean, Rodney Dangerfield, he... He's funny. You know what? He was He's funny. funny. He had a really, again, it's really unique, like, it's very... You you saw Rodney Dangerfield and you knew it was him. Right. Like, he had a very unique face. Mm-hmm. The uh, voice. The voice. The voice. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. So, <laughs> this movie was called Ladybugs, okay? And in it... Rodney Dangerfield plays Jonathan Brandis's stepfather. Okay. Right? Because he was way too old at the time to have a kid that age. Like, yes. he must have been like 20 years older than his... Because like, by 1992, Rodney Dangerfield was like an old guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was... <laughs> like, think how old he was in Caddyshack. This was like a decade later. <laughs> yep. Right? So, um, but in order to like please his boss or something he like lies to his boss about his acumen as like a a sports guy Mm -hmm. and the boss is like oh my daughter's soccer team is terrible you should coach it and make them better what so what rodney dangerfield does is he dresses his stepson who is coincidentally great at soccer up in drag and has him join this all-girl soccer team. What? And they start winning because the kid's really good at soccer. Right. Right. But of course, in, in any any story where there's like, you know, straight people in drag, uh-huh. the kid falls in love with the boss's daughter, mm-hmm. who is played by Vanessa Shaw, who played Allison in Hocus Pocus. What? I know. I can't even tell you. And honestly, I forget how it resolves. <laughs> but this was the general premise. Jonathan Brandis in drag, mm-hmm. being really good at soccer, falling in love with Vanessa Shaw. His stepfather was Rodney Dangerfield. Who couldn't even fucking, like, he didn't know anything about soccer. So, like, the kid was also coaching the team because, like, he was just telling him what to do because he didn't actually know a goddamn thing about soccer. He was just lying to get, like, ahead in the business world. Let me tell you something, folks. Movies made for, like, adolescents in the early 90s were fucking wacky. <laughs> like, I don't feel like there's... I, I don't feel like there's an analog for it these days. Yeah. The, the early 90s. The early 90s. Late 80s. Late even. 80s, early 90s early teen movie right like not not the kind of teen movie that's like heavy right mm-hmm. like we're not talking about like even the the even like the brat pack movies right right i'm talking about stuff that's aimed a little bit younger mm-hmm. right but not a kid's movie there right. was like this entire genre mm-hmm. i feel actually like hocus pocus fits into that yeah Right? Like, Mm -hmm. there were a couple of jokes that if you were, like, a savvy kid, you were like, oh, that's dirty. Right? Right. But, like, nothing explicit. It was a wild time. The early 90s were bizarre. Anyway. (laughs) So that's Jonathan Brandis. He plays Bill. (laughs) Small Bill. Young Bill. 
<clears throat> and I mean, here we are still in the 90s, starting it off strong with Tim Curry as a clown. I mean. That eats kids. So here we are. Here we are. Jonathan Brand is also like, bless his heart. And I'm sure this is like not entirely his fault. This is probably a problem of like writing and direction. Um, Young Bill stutters about every fifth line in this one. Like, <laughs> yeah. One of the other kids actually mentions it. Like, he's like, you know, you don't always stutter. <laughs> yes. like like, was was he just not able to keep the stutter and so they like wrote that line in at the last minute to explain why he's not stuttering like 87 percent of the time right right (laughs) i think he calls ben next um so we meet ben as a child Mm -hmm. right um ben is the actor who played ben as a child makes a cameo in the new movies yes he does um he's just like jogs by (laughs) just like standing there or something um in this one adult ben well (laughs) while they don't just like constantly talk about how ripped he is like he has actually a lot more character in this one yes he does is also played by john ritter yes um then he calls uh richie Mm mm-hmm Young Richie is played by Seth Green. A <laughs> uh, baby. Little Seth tiny baby. Green. Oh, little baby infant. I love how I keep like I keep finding earlier examples of Seth of Seth Green roles. Like every time I see like something from the nineties that like early nineties that Seth Green was in, I'm like, oh look, this must have been like one of his first roles. And then it like I see one that's earlier. Nope. And I was like, how was he was he acting in the womb? Like I don't So then he calls Eddie, who, who again, is living with his mother. Mm-hmm. He also, like, runs a limousine service. Which is apparently also his job as a book. He calls Bev next, and then he calls Eddie. He calls Bev next, you're right. <laughs> Bev is also a fashion designer in this one. Mm-hmm. Also in... It's actually, like, more... I feel, I feel like Bev actually... Adult Bev actually gets a little bit more of a character than she does in the in the other one. I agree. Right, because this was your issue with the other one. Uh-huh. Where in this one, like, she, she like, you sort of see him, like, being controlling, mm-hmm. right, at their office, like, basically humiliating her in front of employees, right? Mm-hmm. And then later on, when she gets the call, and she's packing, just like in the other movie, right? Mm-hmm. He gets mad and thinks that she's running off with an old boyfriend and he slaps her around. And then she, like, starts throwing shit at him. Yes. And <clears throat> off she goes. And she's like, mm-hmm. if you ever come near me again, I'll kill you. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely had... I feel like in this, she did have a bit more depth to her character. Well, I feel like they make her kind of the um, the emotional center of... Yep. The adult group in a mm-hmm. way that they don't necessarily in the first one. Right. Or not in the first one. Again, this is the first one. In the in, other one. In the in the part two. In the part two. Yeah. The part two. Chapter two. Chapter two. Which is actually part four, <laughs> if you think about it, because there was two parts to this. Jesus anyway. Christ. So there's part two and there's chapter two. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then he calls Eddie. Mm-hmm. Then he calls Stan. 
who again in in every version of course dies by suicide mm-hmm. right um oh i should say another thing that i did not remember the way that we are introduced to a couple of the other children i think richie and eddie is at um georgie's funeral because in the book and in this one mm-hmm. they find georgie's body right which i had forgotten mm-hmm. right which is a, a contrast so like the the sort of main motivation behind bill's character mm-hmm. in the new ones is finding georgie right in this one it is avenging georgie mm-hmm. because he knows he was murdered because they had a body right and they had a funeral like mm-hmm. he knows he's dead Mm-hmm. and then one by one again in flashback mm-hmm. the kids all have their um encounter with pennywise mm-hmm. right some of them are very similar right like he he does still taunt bill with georgie right right mm-hmm. um some are different like Eddie's encounter happens in the showers. And I want to talk about this because, like mm-hmm. I said, I hadn't watched this in years. Mm-hmm. But I remembered that shower scene frame for fucking frame. Yeah. I remembered everything about that shower scene. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know why, like, why it was so terrifying <laughs> to me. But, like, it really made an impression. Honestly, though, it, it did the exact same thing to me. Yeah. Which is funny. <laughs> yeah, like... like- I, like rewatching this movie and one of the scenes that I think of immediately is the shower scene. Yeah. Because one, and I, and I think here's what it is. I think part of it is that it's one of those, it's the way that you described it. Like the almost, almost normal. normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. It is kind of that almost normal feeling where it's like, okay, they're shower heads. I'm in a shower, but they're moving. Right. On their own. All around. They're chasing me. Right. And I think the way that Pennywise is introduced in the scene mm-hmm. is really fucking cool. Yeah. And probably my favorite introduction of him in the movie. Yeah. That is a very... You know what I think it is? That is a scene straight out of a Nightmare movie. That is a, that's a scene out of a Freddy movie. Yeah, it is. A scene out of Nightmare 3. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Found it. But you know what it is? What? Not gay. <laughs> at all not even a little bit nope <laughs> but yes the the um the floor opening mm-hmm. in what is obviously a claymation yes right the one thing about some of the moments mm-hmm. in this movie is in some moments in some moments you're like what the fuck are we doing here but in Anyone's some on the moon <laughs> <laughs> Pennywise on the moon. That's all I'll say. <laughs> when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. <laughs> That's a Pennywise. <laughs> That's a clown. Um, there are moments where I'm like, ah, practical effects. Yes. Like we have practical effects in this movie and I love it. Yep. The end is not one of those, but 
<laughs> the end is not. But the shower scene is. Yes. Because, mm-hmm. like, I don't think that would have had the same magic if it was CGI. Oh, not even a little I bit. I don't think I would have remembered it for 30 goddamn years. No. If it was CGI. No, it was really fucking cool looking. Mm-hmm. It was really cool looking. So, uh, so yes, that's his encounter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ben's encounter is, and these are not in the order that they happen in the movie. <laughs> Probably, like, in the order that I, like, you know scared me the most as a kid um ben's encounter is actually with his dead father Mm -hmm. uh which is not a thing in the new ones like you know nothing about ben's family whatsoever um but ben is clearly like from a more from a poorer family than the Mm -hmm. rest of them although i guess they kind of like are like stan and richie and bill are all kind of in like a a different, you know, like social class. Yeah. Than Ben and Beverly mm-hmm. and Mike. Yes. Right. Although actually, in this one, you don't know you don't know really anything about Mike's home life. Yeah, you don't know anything about Mike's home life. In At least the- not as a child. Right, yeah, yeah, like in 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 the newer ones, like you see that he works on a farm with his grandparents, so he he has this very sort of like you know, rustic life, mm-hmm. but he just shows up, yeah. In in this one, he like you don't see what his life is like, so we actually don't know what his social class is. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'm I'm thinking more about the new ones where it's like clearly Eddie, Stan, Richie, and Bill have a lot more money than Ben and Beverly, and Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, Ben shows up for the first time in a hoodie. And can I tell you, we were shook. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you picture like the, this, the first part of this movie, like the kid part of this movie is mm-hmm. set in 1960. So they're all wearing like sweater vests right. and like blazers to school. And, mm-hmm. and like, you know, there's a lot of Jerry curls happening, like so much pomade. <laughs> and then here comes Ben in a gray hoodie. Yep. And a pair of jeans. And we're like, I'm sorry, did people wear hoodies in the 60s? <laughs> Turns out they did. Yeah. But like it it would have been like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like hoodies now are more expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Than like even dress clothes sometimes. <laughs> Back then it would have been like something cheap that he could wear. Mm-hmm. And also something big and baggy mm-hmm. to like hide his body. Yes. So it made sense, but still we were like a little wigged out by that mm. outfit because we're like, mm. you look, he looks like he could be just walking around now. Yes. And yes. like the rest of them don't. Yeah. He does look out of place. He does. Well, and at in, least in that first scene, like not yes. later on, but in that no. first scene mm-hmm. when he's wearing the hoodie, you're just like, wait. <laughs> well, cause later on he has a button up pl- uh, like plaid yeah, shirt like or something. like a flannel, right? Yeah. Like that, that. That tracks with like our, mm-hmm. and I mean, clearly we weren't there, so we don't know what the fuck people were right. to a certain extent, but to a certain extent, like, you know, you expected little boys to go to school in, in dress clothes, essentially, because mm-hmm. that's kind of what they did. Right. Um, anyway, it's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. So Eddie's in the shower. Ben. Oh, Ben is confronted by his dead father. His father was shot down in Korea. So first he sees his dad, and then a skeleton comes out of the swamp. Yep. And the skeleton's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, skeleton actually looks pretty good. The skeleton looks pretty good. Like, that's one of those moments where I was like, yes. Practical effects. That's a, like, that's a skeleton. You could touch it. Mm-hmm. Shake it. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. Um, Richie's encounter is that he sees the the wolf from I, the werewolf from I was a teenage werewolf. Yes. It, like, chases him. Mm-hmm. And that actually, like, I had forgotten that as well. Oh, yeah, me too. And... It actually made me kind of mad. And I understand, no, because it wasn't. Because it was a fucking, it was a fucking New Line Cinema movie. Mm-hmm. They could have had Richie in the new one being chased by fucking Freddy Krueger. And they decided not to do that. It would have been easy for them to do. It is a New Line movie. I was thinking, oh, they couldn't have gotten the rights. They own the rights. It was a New Line movie. Oh, yeah, New Line is owned by Warner Brothers, isn't it? Isn't it? Well, New Line is... is yes. Or is it vice versa? Okay. No, no, I think Warner Brothers owns... New Line. Cinemas. New Line. Anyway, if they had the name in there, they could have had the character, right? Whether... I don't yes. actually know. I might be completely full of shit, and it's not even a New Line movie, but... We're going to look it up. And while we look it up, I will continue to rant. Because, like, how fucking cool would that have been? And I swear to you, like, you could have, I, I honestly think you can call up Robert England any day of the week and be like, hey, you want to play Freddy? And he'll be like, I'll be there in 20 minutes. Like, he is down <laughs> to appear as that character anytime you want him to. And they went to, like, it was so prominent, like, the Nightmare on Elm Street 5 on the marquee. And they, like, do go to the movies at one point, although I don't think you see them go to the movies. You just see them, like, walk out of the movies, I think. Mostly it's I in think... the arcade. Yes. I think they might have just walked by the theater. Maybe they just walked by the theater. That's true. But they had the name of the movie. They had the posters for the movie. They could have recreated that scene with Freddy. Yeah. I'm really mad at them that they didn't, to be honest. Anyway. Opportunity to lost. <laughs> and rant. Um, new Line's owned by Warner Brothers. Okay, so it is. It's a New Line movie. I knew I saw the New Line logo. Yeah. Because, like... I could just remember Warner Brothers. I couldn't remember which other ones were in there. Yeah. And, like, I know there's, like, three others that are in there. But... Right, because it was, you know... Yeah. Um, Bev still has her encounter in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. It is not the blood soak that it was. It's just a balloon. But the balloon is still cool. I mean, I, I do like that effect. Like, the balloon coming through the drain and then popping I, with the blood. That was the other, out of out of this whole movie, mm-hmm. that was the other scene that I, that I immediately can vividly remember. That whole scene. Mm-hmm. It's the shower scene and the balloon scene. So maybe what this tells us, Sean, is that we were both afraid of drains as children. <laughs> yep. Were you afraid of drains? <laughs> I don't remember being afraid of drains, but, like, the two scenes in this movie that we remember... Involve drains. Involve drains. Like, not the storm drain, but, like, household drains. Right. I don't remember specifically being afraid of drains, but, yeah. It's getting deep. It's getting psychological here on Friday Night Frights tonight, folks. <laughs> We're going to find out some stuff about ourselves. We are. Anyway. Um, who else? Who am I missing? And most importantly, folks, we'll find things about you. Hmm. <laughs> I couldn't even think of something to, like, make that better. Um, Who am I missing? 
Richie, Eddie, Bill, Bev, Ben, Mike? What does it do to Mike? As a kid. Uh... What does he see? Or do they all... I guess, does, does he just see it when they all see it? Because Stan... Interestingly, Stan is... The one that doesn't see anything until they all see it together. Whereas in the new ones, it's Richie. Right. Until like the end. Yeah. Because it's like at the end of until Summer. Until after they. Mm-hmm. When you're getting chased on the bike. Yeah. That was after the. Well, that was after that. and Right. It was also they, they were looking through. The the thing yes it they're was looking after through that. Mike's scrapbook about the history of the town because Mike is the history of the town buff in this one, um, as I'm again pretty sure he's the buff, um, and he's like, look, this clown keeps showing up in all of this like, mm-hmm. in all of this like imagery that I found like all these old like cartoons and stuff mm-hmm. like drawings. This clown is here, and it looks like the same clown, right? And they like you know. They make a they make a deductive leap that like would just make Fox Mulder proud when they go to clearly this clown is a monster <laughs> and, they are, <laughs> and they are and it is responsible for all of this. Sure. I mean, I guess several of them have already seen it. Right. But like still they're like. Oh, it's been around for, like, the the way that they just decide that, like, it's been around for hundreds of years. And it's clearly some kind of, like, you know, supernatural force. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. At one point, Eddie is like, what if it's just a guy in a clown suit? <laughs> <laughs> like, what if it's just, like, literally a murderer in a clown suit? Like, what if he's just, like, you know, John Wayne Gacy ended up over here? Right. And Bill's like, no. No, no. Not stuttering. It killed my brother. <laughs> but actually, one of the one of the coolest sequences is when they are looking through that scrapbook, and suddenly Pennywise uh, starts to flip, literally flip through yeah. the photograph. Mm-hmm. Clearly, not Tim Curry. Tim Curry's amazing. Not a gymnast. Yeah. Don't think. Nope. At least not in 1990. Maybe back in, like, Rocky Horror Days. <laughs> Not in 1990. Tim Curry just had a birthday recently. I believe April 19th was his birthday. Happy belated. Mm-hmm. Happy I don't remember I don't remember if we mentioned that in last week's episode because we weren't. I don't believe we did. But, but yeah, happy belated, Tim, mm-hmm. Tim Curry. He's still. <laughs> he, like, posted on Twitter. He was like, it's my birthday, so I will be trending today. I'm not dead. <laughs> like, thank you, Tim Curry, because I would have Curry. had a heart attack. Tim Curry just still a momentary got it. heart attack. Still got it, Tim. Um, so that was really cool, and because in this one they like they they really like hone in on Stan's like nerdiness in a way that they don't necessarily. They really do in the no, in the new ones. Like yes. he keeps you know spouting off you know fifty point scrabble words and right you know he doesn't he doesn't believe that it's possible or logical and so like he's he's in full-on denial and they have to like shake it out of him literally um yep 
That's what they do. Mm-hmm. That could look so familiar too to me, and I don't know why. Because I looked up his IMDb, mm-hmm. literally two credits. This movie and a documentary about this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah That's all that he's ever right. done. So, like, I don't know who looks like him, but someone does. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, that's that kid. And then I was like, nope, sure mm-hmm. isn't. Yeah. I've never seen him in anything else because he's never done anything else. Well, it's funny that you say that because I had the exact same experience with Eddie. Right. Yeah. And we, like, couldn't <laughs> figure it out. It's crazy. Now, Eddie did have more roles than that, like, the, the actor that played him. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Adam Adam Freisel. Mm-hmm. I really apologize if I'm butchering your last name. Um, sure you're listening. Yes. I know you are. Um, I would be too if I was you. Uh, <laughs> he did play Eddie as a child. Uh, and yeah, I just, it's his face. There's something about his face. I just, I recognize it and I cannot for the life of me figure out how. I guess they just look like kids. I mean, yeah. I guess it's just like, that's a kid. There's that's what a kid. a kid looks like. Hi, you're a kid. <laughs> that's what a kid looks like. Nothing particularly standing out about it, but that's what a kid looks like. Um, so they all get their calls. We we see sort of through flashbacks them all encountering Pennywise for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, of course, how they all come together, right? Like, Ben brings Beverly into the group because he's got a crush on her. So he's like, mm-hmm. hey, come hang out with me. After he witnesses her father, like, slapping her around. Yep. Because he's, like, leaving the poem on her doorstep. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, hiding behind the tiniest plant... Like, what's hilarious to me is that he's fully visible. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, she could have, like, if she had looked up at all, she would have been like, why are you just crouching down over there behind, like, literally like a thistle weed? Like, (laughs) there's nothing there to hide. They all arrive in town. Bill goes to visit Georgie's grave because, again, Georgie has a grave in this one. He's not, you know, he doesn't just disappear. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Richie goes to the library and sees Pennywise in the library. Oh, and this is where we can talk about Richie. So, there is some disagreement about whether or not Richie is supposed to be queer in the book. Yes. Based on... I'm sorry, what's his name? The director of the new ones? Andy... Machete? Machete. Okay. Andy Machete interpreted Richie's character in the book as queer. And he made that explicit... Mm-hmm. In the newer movies. Yes. In this one, it's like they wanted to make it explicit that he was not. Yes. Oh, like, yeah. he's, like, hitting on women mm-hmm. the whole time. He's, like, you know... And not even just for show, right? Like, in front of people, he's just, mm-hmm. like, staring at women's asses as they're walking away, right? Yep. I feel like this is where we should talk about the Chinese restaurant scene. Because yes. whereas... Oh, right. So Richie, sorry. Go back to Richie for one second. Yeah. Richie's encounter with Pennywise in the library might be my favorite. Like, of all of the scenery chewing that Curry does in this movie, and I say that with all the love, like, I love the scenery chewing that he does in this movie, mm-hmm. that is the best. Like, <laughs> he's, like, he's, like, straddling a railing and, like, pretending to ride it like a horse. He's got a noisemaker that he's... <laughs> <laughs> He drops balloons from the ceiling that are filled with blood. Yep. Honestly, and and I think this probably comes down to just like budget. There are some great practical pieces in here, but almost I would say 
75 to 80 percent of the scares are just like things that should not be filled with blood being filled with blood like look here's a teacup it's filled with blood like when bev goes to see mrs kirsch yes or she goes back to her place and she sees mrs kirsch mrs kirsch is in this one Mm -hmm. and she gives the same sort of like nice old lady turning into creepy old lady vibes Mm -hmm. um does not turn into a 10 foot tall boob monster no 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 she remains closed and and remains largely just an old lady, mm-hmm. except the only way you can tell it's Pennywise is because of her teeth, yeah. right? And because of said teacup full of blood, right? Right. So most of the scares are just like, look, here's blood where it shouldn't be. Right. But she does <laughs> she does turn into a demon thing. She turns into like a. Oh, that's true. I guess she like when she's chasing her out. Yeah, you're right, but not not to the level of the other one. No, they, they really kicked it up a notch. <laughs> they like they committed. Yeah. They're like, here. Crazy, banshee, naked. Like. Yep. So then we get to the, the Chinese restaurant scene, which like in the new ones is where they all finally come together. Mm-hmm. And whereas that was arguably the like one of the best scenes in the new ones. It was so strange. Such it was so nineties. Just like it was the so nineties. People interacted with each other. I'm just like, oh, what is happening? So, no one in customer service worked on this movie. I know, right? <laughs> but there is the aforementioned waitress who is just like, the fuck are you doing? Yes. Um, the issue is like several several of them are having medical emergencies in the lobby of this restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like, they just, like, walk in, Beverly faints, Mm -hmm. which, like, come on, the woman faints, come on, like, immediately, come on. But she was like, oh, my God, I saw you all. And then she, like, kisses two of them, right? She kisses Richie, and she kisses Bill, Mm -hmm. hugs the rest, doesn't kiss Mike, but, like, caresses his shoulders for a very long time. Yep. She's, like, talking and talking into his face, like, in a very sort of, like, soap opera fashion, where she's like, I don't know. I, I, it all came back in a way it was overwhelming <laughs> then Richie goes down yep just lays down mm-hmm. on like the, the convenient fainting couch that just happens to be in the lobby of this restaurant <laughs> oh no you mean the room that they're in yeah in the fu- like what yeah. why do you have a couch in this room <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's it's utterly bizarre. And, you know, they're, they're you know. And then they get around the table and they're talking. Oh, Eddie has an asthma attack. Yep. At least twice. Mm-hmm. But yes, and how they, like, how they, how they communicate that, like, Richie is a comedian is that he's, oh, and Richie's been married four or five times. Mm-hmm. Which, like, in contrast to the other one where they're like, Richie didn't get married. Right. Of course Richie didn't get married. This one is like, oh, how many times have you been to the altar, Richie? I don't know. Um, and they still have the fortune cookies and mm-hmm. the fortune cookies still attack them mm-hmm. and it is still ridiculous. Oh yeah. The fortune cookies, practical or not, <laughs> the fortune cookies just don't work. They are not scary. <laughs> I will say no. I love the eyeball one in this one. Oh yeah. It's great. It's great. It's great. The baby bird, maybe. The baby bird was a little creepy. The baby bird was gross. That's at least weird. gross, right? And whatever the hell, like, Bill's was supposed to be. It was supposed to be, like, teeth, kind of? 
like fangs. Yeah. Those, but it like it was just fangs. Yeah. Those look like just like beaver teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. Ugh. Um I'm gonna build a dam. Well, I guess we're not gonna float then. Right? Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Plan foiled. <laughs> that's that's what they like decide to do with their time too in this one. They build a dam to make themselves like a swimming hole. Which is very strange. Right? They're just very, very strange. Very strange. Um, When they're kids, they have a slingshot shooting contest, which Beverly wins. Oh, yeah. To determine who's going to shoot the monster when they go look look for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, They give her uh, silver nuggets to use Mm -hmm. because they just watched a werewolf movie. So, of course. And they're children. So, they're like, oh, this is how you kill monsters with silver. Right. Duh. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, they go down in the sewers. Uh, Bauer and his his cronies are following them. Of course, they like, you know, uh, are going are going to kill them. And again, his cronies object to him almost cutting Ben's his his name into Ben's stomach, right? As they do in the first movie. Mm-hmm. But when he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna go murder all these kids." Like you mentioned this earlier. Right. Oh yeah. His friends are like, sure. Yeah. That sounds great. Fine. It's a fun murder. Absolutely. Mr. Saturday not, night. Let's we're go. We're not etching our names letters. into a child. Absolutely not. No. Killing that child. That same child. Self same man. Nope. On board. One hundred percent. Um. <laughs> like make it make sense, guys. <laughs> you can't. Um. The sewer and more so like the the lair definitely look like they were built by the Jim Henson studio. Oh, yeah. Like I was like, look, we're in Dark Crystal. Are we just in one of the caves in Fraggle Rock? <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like expecting Fraggles to walk yeah. out at any minute. <laughs> like, oh, look, Gozers. Um, yeah, it was just, it's great. There's like this, you know green glow everywhere it's fantastic it's mm-hmm. so so 90s bauer's friend who is not named patrick hockstetter in this one he's just called belch because that's what he does constantly he just belches at people right. gets yeah. sucked into a sewer pipe by a light like this is where it's like the thing is just made of light right like it yes. is just made of light mm-hmm. um it actually what starts out is a pretty cool scene until they like zoom in on the on on the face as he's being sucked in, and like that's where like the effect kind of breaks down a little bit. You're like, if you just like if he'd had like the slumped head and been pulled in, yeah, that would have looked great. But because he you could like see his face, it was like, oh, this just kind of looks goofy now. Um, and then it comes back for Bowers because of course he mm-hmm. does right. Um. And it turns Bauer's hair white on the spot, which is, again, hilarious. Uh-huh. And I do believe it's how it happens in, in the book. In the book, that his yeah. hair turns white? Yeah, it's a very, that's a very, like, I, I feel like that was that was a trope that was used a lot. Yeah. Like, back in the day, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, their hair turned white. Uh-huh. Um, it attacks Stan in a much less spectacular fashion than it does in the new movies, but it does yes. attack Stan. Mm-hmm. Um Beverly shoots it with the silver nugget, cracks his head open, bright light, 
it goes down a drain. It's over for the kid versions. Right? Right. So later you have the adult versions going back into Fraggle Rock <laughs> to find it again. And what they find, what they find. First of all, let's talk about what they don't find. Like the the whole like ritual, which is yeah. 100% in the book. Yeah, the ritual of Chud is a big, it's a big thing part of the book <laughs> right it's like the entire again this is like this is this is the, the plot device that drives the entire second half of the novel and the entire second film of the new movies right mm-hmm. is like this this macguffin search right. for their artifacts so they can perform this ritual mm-hmm. straight up ignore it yep don't mention it at all they're so like now nah, we'll just go with silver <laughs> yeah we just have and like they do say like these these you know these silver these silver nuggets represent like you know Mike and Stan who can't be here so I guess but um oh Mike is we should say this before they go back down Mike isn't with them right because when he's attacked in the library by Bowers mm-hmm. he is actually very seriously wounded yes you know unlike you don't have you don't have Richie coming in to save the day with the tomahawk no um, because they don't do the tomahawk because there's like no mention of Native Americans at all because they're not doing the ritual. So like, there's no, no Native Americans, no Native Americans, no gays. Nope. Don't even need to tie it in. <laughs> oh, we should also say, sorry, slight backtrack. Mm-hmm. In addition to them not finding, not going after their artifacts, they just kind of like end up in the places that they used to go. Yeah. Like, Eddie ends up in the pharmacy because he actually needs a prescription, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I think Bev goes back to her old apartment just to see if her dad still lives there. Yeah. Right? And, like, you know, Ben just wanders down to the, to the like, swamp to look at the sewer. Mm-hmm. The sewer opening. The very elaborate sewer opening, which we, we can't quite figure out if it's supposed to be a real building or not. Yeah, I'm still... We're... I've never understood this literally since I started watching it. I don't understand what this building is. Is it a house? Is it a building just for the well? Right. That's what it kind of seems like. Because I guess once you see them go in there and go into the sewer, it is kind of like a well work system. Right. I mean, it does look like just the end of the sewer system. It's just extremely elaborate. Yeah. I don't know. And it appears to have some kind of like walkway. Like it's a bridge or something. So maybe it's like a bridge... Maybe it's like an aqueduct? Yeah. Type thing? I don't know. Anyway, that's where they go. Um, But he just goes down there to sort of like relive, right? Mm -hmm. Bill just ends up at his... uh, Bill just goes to visit his brother's grave, right? They all just sort of end up in the old places where they end up having encounters with Pennywise again. Right. Right. And all of the encounters are virtually identical to the ones they had as children, right? Whereas in the new movies, they have like entirely new experiences with like different different scares right right um but this one is just like he just appears again as whatever he appeared to them right when they were kids as which makes sense in the interim bill's wife and this is we should mention this because it's like both like a major part of the end of this movie and the novel and also a major departure that the new movies took yes in like just taking the wife right out of it yeah his wife audra played by olivia hussey Mm -hmm. goes after him because she's like because who wouldn't? When you think about it, if someone gets a phone call and is like, I got to bounce, I got to go to Maine, 
Hi, I know we're in the middle of this shoot for a movie about a book I wrote. I'm the writer. But I'm out. Gotta go. Literally any one of these people, why would you not follow them? Like, they told you where they were going, and they're clearly in some kind of, having some kind of breakdown. Right. Why would you not follow them? So she does. As soon as she comes into town, Pennywise gets her. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't even have to try. Uh, takes her back to the lair. Right. Which, of course, quite shakes Bill when they get to the lair and his wife is there. Yeah. Wrapped up in a spider web. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe dead? Right. Right? Like, well, it's hard to tell. And he knew, which is funny that, that no one else, I don't believe, pointed this fact out. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as they get down into the sewer system going to look for Pennywise, mm-hmm. he finds her purse. Oh. That's he, right. He does. Yeah. He, he finds her purse. No one points out the fact that it could be a fake purse that Pennywise is just making you see. That's true. I mean, he does that. That's kind of his whole thing. That's like literally the whole thing that he's done your whole life. Yeah, that's all he does. No one go ahead and point that out. <laughs> I'll do it for you. But no, he just, he's just like, oh, he runs off and he's like, Audra, Audra. I have to go save Audra. No. And so they get to the lair and what do they find? A spider. <laughs> A giant fucking spider. A big old spidey. A not so hot looking spider. I mean. That's some rough. That like, is. Like this is where the whole like even as much as I love practical effects. This is where it breaks down entirely. Because mm. you're just like ooh that does not look good. No. <laughs> no. Oh. Oh. You filmed this in order and your budget ran out right before this scene. Yep. <laughs> Got, Got it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's It's not. It's a, it just looks like a regular spider for the most part. Yeah. Except it's got like arms. Yeah. Like it's got all of its spider legs, but mm-hmm. then on the front, instead of like pincers, yeah, like got... spiders have, mm-hmm. it's got like arms that have hands on the end of them. Yes. Like that's the only thing, that and its size. Yeah. Really the only things that make it look like not just a regular ass spider. Yeah. It's like weirdly cross-eyed. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like... <laughs> It's not really actively attacking them at all. Nope, just kind of hanging out. It's just kind of standing there. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, it's a, a big... Well, I mean, they, they superimposed it, right? So, like, it was right. it was actually small, right? Like, yes. But there were parts of it. Like, there there was a build there because, like... Oh, yeah. It picks Eddie up, right? Yep. So, like, there was a build there. Mm-hmm. But, like, the whole full body of the spider was very clearly superimposed in. Yes. Right? Um, So, you know, so, so they, you know, they're all like, oh my God. Um, oh my God, the spider. Oh my God, a spider. Bev goes to shoot it with the silver again. Mm-hmm. Misses. Cause it's probably been 30 years since she's shot a slingshot. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie attacks it with his inhaler, mm-hmm. which he also did when they were children. Yes. He was like, this is battery acid. And like, it actually did affect him. Mm-hmm. Right. Because... The whole point is that he's using their imaginations against them. Right. So they have the ability to use their imaginations against him. Mm-hmm. Right. Like because Eddie believed it was battery acid. Right. He um, he was able to actually like melt melt his face. Like that's a great it's a great moment too. Like 
his, his half of his face just starts melting. Mm-hmm. Like right before she like hits him with the silver and his head bursts open. I mean, it's got to have a little bit of damage done before she takes him out. Yeah. Right. She shoots. She misses. She shoots. She hits it. Does nothing. Mm-hmm. It then exposes its glowing underbelly, which is its only weak spot. Mm-hmm. And it glows, which again we had a whole we had a whole discussion. Again, it mortally wounds Eddie. Yes. Right. At which point, so they at least they don't shout it to death, which I I will contend is the the worst. The single worst moment in mm-hmm. that other movie where you're just like, this doesn't make sense. I don't know why it's working. You guys have yelled mean things at him before and it did nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't understand. Why is this, why is this death any different than his like death in the first half? I forget. Do they find eggs in this one? They find eggs in the book. They do find eggs in the book. I don't think they find eggs in this one. I don't think they do either. No, I think they just like attack it. Yeah. I mean, they just straight up, they're just like, oh, we've never thought of this before. We're just going to start fucking punching it. Yeah. All of us at the same time. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, Eventually, they manage to get to that weak underbelly, punch in, grab its heart. Mm. Bye bye, Pennywise. And then, and then Audra gets rescued. That's when it starts into that. Just like in the new movies, the... Instead of, like, floating, again, and again, this was, like, what they could do. Because the floating was, was, the floating children in the lair was CGI, right? So this is what they could do. They had them all wrapped up in these spider webs. Which makes sense, because it's a giant spider. But, like, it just, like, again, looks like something Jim Henson would have done. Like, it does not look like an actual, like, scary thing. No. It's just, like, the goofiest possible way to keep somebody captive. Yeah. So, they get Audra down, but she's, like, catatonic. She's alive, but she's, like, completely Mm -hmm. not there. So they take her, you know, they take her, and they take her out of the sewer. They all, like, stand around in a circle and hug like they did when they were kids. Um, And then you start to get the, like, happily ever after things, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Richie gets to be in a movie and they like weirdly mention that the guy he was in the movie with looked like Eddie as if that somehow made it a happier right. Eddie. I, it doesn't make any sense. Especially since like the whole Richie being in love with Eddie thing. Although you th- would think that being in a movie with somebody who looks just like your good friend who you just lost would be painful. Yeah. Not like make it happier. Uh-huh. It doesn't make much sense. I don't know why that line is in there. Um <laughs> Bev and Ben leave town together and become a couple, just like in the first one. Yep. Um, it says, a week later they were married, which is hilarious because, like, she's married. It yeah. takes longer than that to get a divorce, right? Oh, wait, no, she's not married. Remember? Oh, is he not her husband in this I don't one? believe... Just I her, think, like, I think boyfriend? That, yeah, I think that there's an, in a long-term relationship. Oh, okay. Yeah, that I makes think, more sense. I don't think that they're married. Okay. Um... It says a week later they were married. Oh, three weeks after that they were pregnant. Yeah. And I was like, oh, another curse broken. And I was like, what was the curse? Was infertility mentioned like at all? At all. No. What curse are we talking about? What the fuck? 
Just that none of them have children? Is that the curse? And now one of them is having a child? The curse of Beverly's abuse? What? Is that a curse? Maybe. I mean, maybe that's what they're talking about. Just like that, the, the curse of like what her life has been like from like going from one sort of abusive situation to another. I don't know. Again, doesn't make any sense. And then we get to Bill and Audra. Yes. Audra's the wife. Mm-hmm. Which I think is it. But um, she's still catatonic. Oh, Mike is saying that his memory, unlike in the new ones where like they all still remember each other, yes. their memories do start to fade again. Yep. Which I think, again, is closer to what happens in the book. It is. Um, and Mike is like, I can move away. We no longer need the lighthouse keeper. That's what he calls himself, the lighthouse keeper, which makes Mm -hmm. sense. Um, And then there's... Love the way you said it. (laughs) (laughs) And then he like makes a kissy face out. Yeah. (laughs) It ain't helping. (laughs) So funny. Um oh my god. A poster of his book is on the wall. It said the glowing by by Bill Down. Yes. Well, because when they fucking got there, they had a whole display of his books. (laughs) Well, I mean, he's a very famous author. His hometown. It's his hometown. His, like, oh my like, god. Well, Mike remembers him. Like, the librarian is his friend. So, like, true. he probably did it. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. So, Audra's still catatonic. Mm-hmm. And Bill just, like, spontaneously gets the idea to put her on the bike. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this bike says Stan's life. Because when Stan finally had his encounter, he runs away from it and Bill just happens to be riding by on his bike and he jumps on Bill's bike and they like book it out of there. Right. So like, he's like this, this bike saved a young Stanley's life once. Maybe Mm -hmm. it can save you. And so he puts her on it and he starts riding through traffic, Mm -hmm. like straight up down the middle of the road, like heavy traffic. Yeah. And like. Are they in, like, San Francisco or something? It's very hilly. <laughs> How hilly is Maine? Is Maine hilly? Maybe this. I don't know. But it is. It is, like, a steep hill. Yeah. He's not even pedaling. They're no. just flying Go. down this hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wakes her up. So there. And then they make out in the middle of an intersection with, like, several cars being like, uh, fuck. Yeah. Get out of my way. Could you do that on the sidewalk? Yeah. Trying to go to work. <laughs> right? Just trying to have... Just have it. Just trying to have a normal fucking day in Dairy Maine. Yeah, <laughs> is that so much to ask? <laughs> you know what? For me, Bill Denbro, yeah, it is. <laughs> You'll know if you write one of my stories, <laughs> right? They all subconsciously are just this story that I keep writing over and over again, but I didn't remember it, so it's a new story. Yep. And that's it. That's how it ends. The end. That's how it ends. Literally like, you know, dramatic pan back from them making out in the middle of the street. Yep. Fade to black. Mm -hmm. 
So that is it for it, and that is it for our extravaganza. I'm going to say it again. Dang it. Darn it. Dagnabbit. <laughs> we'll revisit it when the prequel series comes out, if mm-hmm. that ends up actually happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, join us next week for something. We haven't decided yet. It's a surprise. <laughs> for you and I. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be here. We know that much. (laughs) Until then, you can rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Spotify. We have an Instagram at FNFrightsPodcast. We have a Twitter at FNFrightsPod. We have a website. That's FNFrightPodcast.com. I'm forgetting something. Oh, you can find us on Facebook or YouTube by searching Friday Night Frights Podcast. And then there is our Fright Club. And Sean? Yes, Katie? What is the first rule of Fright Club? The first rule of Freight Club is don't have group freakouts in public. Yes. Like if you're in a situation where one or more of you might faint or have a medical emergency, maybe gather in private. Mm. You were all staying at the same hotel. You could have met up there first, gotten your shit together, then gone to dinner. As as an extra person as extra as I am. <laughs> I mean, we're pretty extra. I mean, we are a group. We are a collective group in this in this current household, actually. This whole household right now is a collective group of extra. Mm-hmm. We are here to tell you, don't be that extra in public. <laughs> it does not necessary. <laughs> do not do that to the wait staff no. in a restaurant. <laughs> because, like, straight up, the first 45 minutes of weirdness that they did in the restaurant was just them. Pennywise didn't show up until the very end. (laughs) All the fainting, the asthma attack. That was just living life. The the trauma flashbacks. Yep. All them. Don't do it. It's not okay. Customer service is hard enough. Keep it together. Keep it together for the good people working for you. (laughs) Don't, Don't ever make a waitress give you the look that that waitress gave them. No, no. You know you're you know you're not succeeding in life if a waitress gives you that look. <laughs> so gays and ghouls, tune in next Friday night. You'll be in for a fright. But until then, sleep tight. <laughs>